and Joe, when y'all have a blowout game, like, do you ever wish you could have a guest on there that you and Troy could interview? Yeah, you know, the last time I thought about that was when you guys played Seattle in the Super Bowl. Oh, Joe Buck with the fire to Peyton Manning. That was the Manning cast on Monday Night Football a couple of nights ago. Still have plenty to talk about from that game and more football over the weekend. Can't get to all of it in 20 or 15 minutes or whatever. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast about news, narratives, takes, and gambling. We will continue to review what has been so far uh, this year one of the best weekends, probably the best weekend in college football and pro football combined, even though none of the games were particularly interesting. But our top story today, usually we like to do controversies on Wednesdays. Sometimes we've had some really epic controversy Wednesdays. Uh, today is not that day, unfortunately. We've got one controversy and some other stuff I guess we could get into, but we're going to get into this um, instead. So this happened in Ohio. Here, I'm going to zoom in. For those of you watching on the YouTubers, look at that. Look at look, look how responsive I am. Uh, so this is according to KLBKKAMC. I don't know what that is. So this is this is a real story. An Ohio football referee trapped in locker room as door blocked with vending machine. Charges filed. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. So here's the alleged story. Apparently there, I mean, it was a high school ref that was mad at uh, an officiating crew. And then the rest were in, they were in the in their dressing room being evaluated for their game, which in, in many uh, sports happens. The refs will be evaluated immediately. Like I thought this, I thought that, blah blah blah. Then they couldn't get out. We had to push on the quote. We had to push on the door. Three of us at least to get the door wedged so we could get out. As a group, we have now filed charges against Grove City, which is a school district. I don't think they're suing the city. I think they're suing the school district. The Grove City statement was, quote, we continue to investigate this incident and have engaged with Grove City Police Department as the investigation to determine who was responsible for this behavior. Conduct of this nature has no place in our community. Apparently, uh, Keith Dalton is the lead official. And what was the... Oh, so (laughs) this was the situation. So this happened way back in September. So now we know that this is a thing because charges were filed. So this is one that gets attention. The game is between Grove City and Central Crossing High School. At the there was a call made. It was a controversial call. Then there was a an unsportsmanlike conduct flag for Grove City for protesting the call on the field. Then the the dudes were locked in the locker room. <sighs> this is what's funny. There have been an apology from the school and the principal. The assistant coach who berated them has been suspended for a game. Someone locked him in there. I don't think it was a coach. I don't think it was a coach. I think it was a parent. Either way, hilarious, illegal. The refs should get what they want. They should get to fight that guy three-on-one. That's what I say. Whoever did it, they should get to fight him three-on-one unless he's enormous, like played pro ball. But that's, I mean, it's not okay, but it's funny, but it's not funny. You know what I mean? You ever something that's funny, but not funny? Yeah. All right, so let's continue to review Monday Night Football. The Bills, 30, was it 32 or 35 straight running attempts from the Patriots? Mac Jones, had the best game a quarterback has ever had. He was two for three passing for, I don't know, I think 20-something yards. Who cares? <laughs> two for three. They ran 35 straight times. I heard this from part of my take. I have no, no problem regurgitating their stuff. The most consecutive run plays given up by a single team or given up in a single game, right? So the most times a team has run against another team has happened to the Bills the most times since 1999. It's happened to the Bills twice. The first and second time have been this year. They're soft. 
Speaking of that, uh, a reporter got really upset with the way the game went down and asked uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde is a captain uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And what's happening now, the reason that this has got intense, we'll get into the backstory in a minute, but this is in the immediate post-game press conference. Uh, Hyde, he still has his shoulder pads on, so let's bring it up. Uh, yeah, so there's Micah Hyde. This is from Funhouse, the guy that used to make fun of the uh, radio show host in New York. So let's, 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 let's take a listen to what Micah Boy, has what to say. What are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? <laughs> so the reporter question was if uh, they feel embarrassed after the loss. So that was Jordan Poyer. I think we I think keep, we keep that keep uh, seven points. Yeah, we, 14, four, fourteen to fourteen. Fourteen to ten. Is that the final score? Yeah, it we was. Made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They, yeah, all right. Um, they kept coming back to a couple runs. I mean. I don't know how you want us to answer that question. Awkward. That's funny. Well, we'll remember that. I'll remember that. So, like, the tone of the voice that comes across from reporters can often do that. The question was if they were embarrassed. Now, I guess the background of this, all of the reporters who cover the NFL, not exactly coming to the defense of the guy who asked it, and here's why. Uh, Part of it, the excuse is that reporters used to have locker room access, but due to COVID-19 and other things, players and coaches don't want them in there. But when they're in the locker room at a certain point in time, you can be like, hey, man, like, are you embarrassed by this? Uh, but now there's cameras and stuff rolling. It's on the record all the time. So this kind of thing can happen. The second thing was that like sometimes beat reporters began as fans and now they're beat reporters and they clearly have rooting interest. So when they when it's a really humiliating kind of loss, then they can kind of criticize with their questions. Um, uh, Asking if it's embarrassing or are you embarrassed is a yes or no question and it is a lazy journalist question and furthers my point that not sports journalism is not necessarily journalism. A better question would be, how do you feel? Not what do you think, what, how, how do you feel? And they could say, I'm embarrassed, I'm mad. But you don't say, are you embarrassed? Because that suggests that you think someone is or isn't embarrassed by asking that question. So then they get up and walk away. We can watch the end of this here. <clears throat> We do get to see him again in a couple of weeks, tape, and then moving on to uh-huh. Tampa Bay. Yep. Big game down there in Tampa Bay next week. Uh, we'll see this team again. You know, they, uh, it's a good football team that we lost to today, and you know, we'll we'll figure out a way to bounce back. Yep. So this is via ESPN Sports Center. This, this goes this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions truthfully, honestly. I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Um, they're required to be up there. Mm, journalists are going to ask questions. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that they're being a little sensitive because they got their ass kicked. I also think the reporter is being a bit of a douche canoe. I think it probably goes, probably goes both ways. What the hell do I know? I'm just a guy. The Walter Payton Man of the Year nominees were announced. Each team gets one nominee. Uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year is handed out to the player who best exemplifies excellence on and off the field. Each team nominates a guy, and then everybody reviews and looks into it. When you get the Walter Payton Man of the Year, you get that little uh, Star Wars-looking dude. It's Walter Payton in his uh, cape. It's a Star Wars-looking dude on your jersey. You get it forever. You've seen it. Uh, J.J. Watt has one. Russell Wilson has one. Uh, Matt Ryan has one. Eli Manning had one. Larry Fitzgerald had one. The nominees this year are in alphabetical order. They all deserve this, so I'm going to do it. I hate reading lists, and I just hate reading in general, <laughs> in general for like content, but you got to do it. Um, cause they deserve it. You know, they really do. 
So here we go. Kelvin Beecham for the Cardinals, Mike Davis for the Falcons, Bradley Bozeman for the Ravens. So I know the Bozeman family. I met them one time after an Alabama game. Harrison Phillips for the Bills, DJ Moore for the Panthers, Jimmy Graham for the Bears, Sam Hubbard for the Bengals, Denzel Ward for the Browns, Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys, Justin Simmons for the Broncos, Jason Cabinda for the Lions, Aaron Jones for the Packers, Justin Reed for the Texans, Kenny Moore, the second for the Colts, Miles Jack for the Jags, Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs, Darren Waller for the Raiders, Corey Lindsay, Linz Lee for the Chargers, Andrew Whitworth for the Rams, Jerome Baker for the Dolphins, Anthony Barr for the Vikings, Lawrence Guy for the Patriots, Cam Jordan for the Saints, Logan Ryan for the Giants, Quinnen Williams for the Jets, Jason Kelsey for the Eagles, Cameron Hayward for the Steelers, Eric Armstead for the 49ers, Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks, Mike Evans for the Bucks, Derek Henry for the Titans, and Jonathan Allen for the Washington football team. Uh, if I had to guess who's going to win that, I'm going to guess because it, the excellence on the field is also part of this because um, if you have more money and you're more famous and you can make more of an impact, plus like it, this, it is also part of the award. <sighs> Just based on reading stuff in the offseason and whatever, I think it's going to go to Cameron Hayward, Andrew Whitworth, or Tyron Matthew. Those are my guesses because you got to be good at football. The guys I mentioned that have it on their jersey, they're they're good at football. Detroit nominated a fullback. Being nominated for isn't is, an, is like a, your team also saying you deserve, you're you're worthy of this award in our eyes. But Cabinda's a fullback. There's some D linemen and things on here, so I mean that's probably not going to be the way that it goes. Let's go back to Monday Night Football. Sean McDermott also being fussy. Uh, doesn't want to talk about Bill Belichick anymore, but he was also. Head coach of the Bills, Sean McDermott, was also critical of his offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball. So the question was, is he doing a good enough job to set this offense up for success? He didn't say yes. Well, I think, honestly, we took advantage of our opportunities tonight. I really didn't. I mean, the ball's at the 40-yard line, you know. We're one for four in the red zone, so we've got to figure that part of it out. Brian Dayball was a hot name for head coaching jobs last year, and he probably turned one or two of them down. If he was offered one, probably should not have done that. If I had to recommend something for him, I would say don't do that again. Kenyon Drake of the Las Vegas Raiders, he got rolled up on. So, so what happens is he got tackled. Someone was around his waist and they kicked his legs out. Well, he broke his leg. Um, or broke his ankle, broke his leg. Something like fibula, tibia, somewhere like down there. He broke something. And as a result of that, he's out for the year. And this is what he tweeted. He's calling out the NFL. Graphic video warning. The NFL needs to look at specific style of tackling. They are throwing flags for taunting and protecting QBs from getting touched. But this is my second strike season being injured by a guy pulling me back and using his body weight to roll up on my legs. Yeah, well, they, uh, they, they changed the rule for the Terrell Owens rule, which is the horse collar. Uh, Terrell Owens broke his leg. The horse collar is incredibly dangerous because it pulls people back and it you know, takes their legs out from under them. And Terrell Owens broke his leg. And then he... Uh, almost missed the Super Bowl, and the NFL was like, we can't have that. Like, this is super dirty. People are getting hurt on this all the time. So Kenyon Drake pulls this out, calls out the NFL. He then replied to his own tweet. Let's see what he said. I didn't see this. He replied to it twice. All right. If the emphasis is to protect players, this should be an illegal form of tackling like horse collar. We lose players weekly to high ankle sprains and broken bones, but the league would rather flag players for erroneous taunting penalties. Let's get priorities together. I see a lot of people responding about how this is a legal hit and wasn't intentional. While that may be true, the horse collar was a malicious tackle for the QB's legs in the pocket. This conversation needs to be had. I agree with him. I mean, he's what he's, he's not saying this should have been flagged. He's saying this should be illegal. And that's a good point. Like he shouldn't be hurt by something that's preventable. And the guy that's tackling him, Jonathan Allen doesn't need to do that. Like he's going, he's going down. Um, 
I don't know how you teach that. You have to flag it pretty intentionally. Like horse collar is something that by making it 15 yards, it's changed the way people tackle. Same thing with uh, targeting in college. It's changed the way people tackle. Not everybody loves that. It is what it is. Back to Monday Night Football. Let's listen to Bill Belichick celebrate. People say the Patriots don't have any fun. Uh, they ran the ball. Do you hear what I said? They ran the ball 35 times in a row. They threw three passes, and they beat the Bills uh, 14 to 10. Here we go. Bill Belichick, what do you have to say? Uh, just two quick things for me, and then I'm going to turn it over to yeah. our order. That's why we practice in this shit. That's why we practice in this shit. That's what he said. Because it was so windy that nobody could throw the ball. Josh Allen... Couldn't even Josh Allen couldn't cut through the wind. Even Josh Allen couldn't cut through the wind. Let's move to the association. CJ McCollum, Trailblazer. CJ McCollum, uh, kind of scary situation. He did not travel with the team to San Francisco because after CT scan, he's got a pneumothorax in his right lung. That means it has collapsed. I love this. Whenever something serious happens, the beat writers will always just pull up like. Uh, the Mayo Clinic definition. A pneumothorax is a collapsed lung that occurs when air leaks into space between your lung and your chest wall, according to the Mayo Clinic. Yep. It's so weird that people have to give attribution there. Like, I Googled it, and this is what Google said. Yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know what else to say about that. Like, why just not say it? Anyway, CJ McCollum, it's not... It's a serious situation. It's not quite like it doesn't sound as like absurd as normal. It's it's very treatable, and you know we hope CJ recovers. Let's see, do they have a timetable? Um, the Trailblazer, blah 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 blah. Lillard is scheduled to be. Oh, that's Damian Lillard. Yeah, so he's um. A timeline has not been announced. He needs like maybe a procedure or maybe some drugs and stuff, but he should be fine uh, for the most part, as far as I'm concerned. But it this does happen. It's just it hurts a lot. I don't. He suffered the injury against Boston. There didn't seem to be any sort of egregious situation, so it's not even worth talking about. Okay, college football scores over the weekend. Uh, championship weekend was incredibly boring for the most part. There was only one good game. It was Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor. Baylor beats Oklahoma State to ruin Oklahoma State's chance at the playoff, what they probably would have had. Cincinnati wouldn't have gotten in, right? <laughs> Yikes. Oregon got smashed by Utah and then their coach left town and that they, they played like a team who knew their coach was going to be out of town. The University of Texas, San Antonio finished the season 12 and one. I forgot who beat them. They were undefeated right up until the very end. Oh, North Texas whipped that ass. That's what happened. They finished the season ranked. Good for them. Good for the Roadrunners. Meet me. Gotta love that. I think my general conclusions from, uh, championship weekend is for the most part it was exactly like we thought it would be and this is i've been a college football fan for a long time cool really cool historic things very often almost happen but they just they just don't they 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 just don't let's take a quick look at um some college football gambling lines as we get out of here uh, bowl season's right around the corner. We're really close to bowl season. I've got this up on Action Network. It's not quite as clear as it is when I have it on Bovada, but I like the way that it looks. The last college football regular season game is Army-Navy. Army is an eight-point favorite over Navy. I think Navy's going to keep it close. I would hammer Navy in that. They're going to keep it closer than eight. There's, there are rarely ass-kickings in that game. A lot of times it's closer than it should be. Um, then we get into bowls. Friday, the the de December twenty December seventeenth. The I have no idea what this is called. Bowl. This action network doesn't have the bowls. All right, hold on. All right, we can, that's unacceptable. Let's go to. 
I mean, they have to have the bowls, right? I, I can't believe they don't have the bowls. College football bowl schedule. All right, well, we'll do the gambling lines in conjunction with the bowl schedule. Okay, all right. So in the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee and Toledo. So let's go all the way up through... So we'll start on Friday. We'll start, we'll start with Friday's bowl. So it's the Bahamas Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Boca Raton Bowl, and the New Mexico Bowl. Toledo is eight-point underdogs, Middle Tennessee. That's interesting. Northern Illinois, they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs to Coastal Carolina. Ooh, I like Coastal Carolina to cover in that. I'm not sure if you feel the same way because Coastal Carolina was actually pretty good this year. Um, BYU goes 10-2 and and they get UAB in the, was it the Liberty Bowl that they say that was? Uh, BYU seven point favorites. Oh my God, they're going to roll by more than that. Fresno State is eleven point favorites over UTEP, and Utah State seven and a half point favorites over Oregon State. In I think that's the Vegas Bowl. Yeah, so big year for Utah. By the way, huge year for the state of Utah. All three major college football coaches, BYU, Utah, and Utah State, had finalists for the coach of the year man there's a lot of a lot of college football starts one week from friday it's also the same day that the new season of the witcher comes out i'm probably going to watch the witcher so bad it's so awful but it's so good like rate review subscribe we'll be back in better than ever tomorrow morning